What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the SoCo Show. It's episode 165. This, of course, is the co-host, Cody Michael, and I'm joined, as always, by the so-host, Seth Ott. Hey, question for you. Do you, do you have to mute yourself every time you, you uh, sing along with yourself in the, in, in the theme song there? I can hear you, you know. <laughs> I should, it's a test. If I do it right, then, then you don't notice. So I was a bit off that time. <laughs> uh, we are also joined, as per usual, uh, by the bro host. Jared Buckendall. JB, welcome back. Hey, hey. Frats are closed. <laughs> <laughs> it's frats are closed. Uh, I just watched um, uh, the Zach Efron Ted Bundy movie with the long title. Neighbors. Oh, uh, High School Musical. <laughs> yes, that one. Or no, High School Musical 2. Um, Senior year. And. He murders uh, some people in a sorority house, mm-hmm. and when you said frater- when you said fraternities are closed, I, well, I was like, "Thank God, because someone's on the loose cutting up fucking Greeks." And then I remembered it was fifty years ago and a movie. So. Yeah, cutting up Greeks is also uh, my uh, up and coming uh, Euro business. <laughs> hey, <Hey-o. laughs> uh, wow! You're you're a you're a manscaper. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Wow, we're off to a good start here on the SoCo Show. Um, it's been uh, it's been a crazy week. We haven't we're not going to dive into this news, um, but we we've continued to see uh, rumors about Spider Man. Uh, we'll, we'll continue to cover Spider Man, but we're not going to talk much about it today. Um, and I know you covered that last night, Jared, on J Buck Live, uh, as well as AMC potentially um, running into some money issues. We talked recently about Regal shutting the theaters up. So it's it's a the 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 theater world the movie world is in a crazy state right now with lots of different things, um, but fortunately we've been able to still find things to watch uh, and we're going to spend most of our time today reviewing a whole bunch of shit uh, that we've been able to catch via streaming and other things. But it's been uh, it's been a crazy ass uh, couple weeks. Um, I I got to watch J Buck live uh, for the first time in a while last night. Uh, very much enjoyed it, especially your new segment, "What's in the Box." Uh, <laughs> I, I want you to tell I want you to tell the folks about that. <laughs> well, uh, I'm gonna be honest. Uh, some of J Buck live, I feel like, is getting a little stale. I'm like, who gives a shit about these movie delays? Personally, I don't. I don't. I guess is what I'm getting at. So I'm like. Let's just do something weird and whatnot. And someone had asked about a box of just random junk behind me because I know you guys have been uh, down here and visited a couple times. I I am very much like an organized mess type person where things are everywhere, but I know where things are. And um, yeah, I was just like, you know what? Let's do a fun new segment called What's in the Box. And I put the box next to me and I just pull out a couple things and talk about them. And what was uh, last night was a Boba Fett Slave One Lego set from probably like 1999, <laughs> or like even maybe earlier. Um, and the instruction manuals in there, along with a few other uh, instruction manuals of, I think, Bionicles and stuff. Like, I keep the strangest things in pristine <laughs> condition. <laughs> That's, I'm jealous because we never. We got like one or two Lego sets as kids, but it wasn't something we got very commonly. Uh, I do remember we got an X-Wing fighter one time and uh, it was pretty awesome, but I think we like very quickly broke or lost some of the pieces so you couldn't quite make it anymore. But um, 
that was pretty sick. But like now, I feel like if I had a bunch of Legos, I would play with them now. I, I think Lego would be like a fun thing to just dick around and do. Oh um, yeah. Were you Seth? Were you a Lego kid? Um, not really. Um, because I was a grown up and played with uh, Power Rangers. <laughs> <laughs> Fair, fair. I, but no, I, I, I didn't mean, have Legos. I, I had a lot. I, um, I, I, I think when my parents helped me move the last time, I told them to bring down all of my Legos. They only brought down like a third of them, and it's all the boring. It's like the blocks. Like I wanted, like, hey, mm-hmm. give me like the little guns, and I want to build a tower and trap doors and stuff like that. <laughs> so I think that that is all at home, and it's like a huge tub of, um, of Legos, which, uh. Also sparks memory. I'm not going to, you know, throw his name out there. But uh, back in the day, you know, you'd have friends come over. This one friend stole two Lego pieces that were very unique and special to me. One was the alligator and one was the chain. I still remember it today. Oh, that's 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 pretty fucked up, man. Mm -hmm. I um, I think we need to we need to get a crew. We need to go over to his house. <laughs> and we need to murder this motherfucker, or we just walk in and go. Give me what I want, and he'll hand, he'll hand over, he'll hand over your Lego pieces. Yeah, I would like high. the chain and the alligator back. And you know what I'll say when he sees us walk in? What? What? I figured you hit the. I thought we were. I thought we were connecting telepathically. <laughs> what? <laughs> I. I it's, it's the most obvious I sounder. Sense- I sense that you were trying to set me up, and so I intentionally like was like, I I don't care what I don't care if I do know. I honestly don't. I don't know what you're trying to say. Yes, up, you do. But I I was in I was in my head. I was like, I'm not gonna get him out of this anyway. I'm just gonna let this one flounder. This what, what, which one did you want? This one. What? No, it's a Jared sound. Oh, this I've... one. Please. Show me <laughs> No, I think I know. I, <laughs> Mummy. There you go. Yeah. Uh, See, it yeah, makes yeah. sense. See, you're you're just not a storyteller. You don't know how to craft a perfect story. <laughs> oh yeah, that's my problem. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Well, whoever you are, and I'm sure you know exactly who the fuck you are. Uh, we're coming for you. So enjoy your last few days. Wow, we got uh, we got a lot of stuff we're gonna get into before we do anything, including cheat tweets. Uh, for the last few weeks, we have been answering questions posed to us by you, the audience, uh, via Twitter. Uh, so these are at Soco Show Pod, where you can submit questions uh, for the group to answer. And Seth, sounds like you got uh, an interesting one here this week that we're going to talk about. <laughs> yeah, we got, um, we got one on deck for next week, too. So thanks for, for everyone submitting questions. But for this week, uh, we have Mike Haas, who's a... a who's, Submitted uh, a few voice messages and uh, um, played some Fall Guys with them over on uh, JB's Twitch oh, channel. Yeah. So um, I, I would go as far as to say, friend of the show, my yeah, guess. friend, friend mm-hmm. of the show. Mm-hmm. Um, his question is: uh, favorite porn stars, and do you think religion <laughs> is a result of LSD trips? Hmm. Favorite porn stars, and do we think religion is a result of LSD trips? Um. These these are great complimentary questions. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to determine how I want to answer the first one. Honestly, is not the way that I think I'm going to go. <laughs> um, let's see. There is um, there's a so I'm I'm gonna. <laughs> 
There's not a good way to get. There's one. no easy way to say, do this. Yeah, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna honestly pick my favorite porn star um, and give myself away. And I want to pick one based on the name, um, but should it's, we bring back, it's a male. Should we bring back it's a to dirty porn so that you can <laughs> see if you have the? We just, should. Yeah, that's what we should have done. Is porn dirty porn? I would say there's there's someone named it's a there's a male porn star by the name of Jack Slayer, Ooh. and I think that. I just think that's a great porn name. Frankly, I couldn't point the guy out if you if I if you said, "Hey, there's Jack Slayer," I'd be like, "Oh, okay, fuck, cool." Um, so I think based on the name, I like that one. Uh, there's also there's another one, and I'm not going to give away too much of my knowledge of pornography, which is more expansive than I want to admit. Um, there is a uh, there's I just like all the like weird, definitely fake names. Um, there's another one called I think it's Ginger Fox. Uh, which, as you may have guessed, is, is a redhead, um, and I just I like the punny porn names. That's what I gravitate toward. Don't, don't kill don't kill the illusion. Those are real names out there. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Fox is spelled with three X's. There you go. Yeah, just so you know. <laughs> yeah. Um. You know. Okay. Now that you bring up the Jack Slayer, what happened to the? Or maybe we just made this up in our minds as young foolish little boys. Um. What happened to the era of like? funny porn names like very you know they they had like the jack slayer you know they're the the what happened to that like the jack hammer like something like that you know (laughs) max power yeah Uh, yeah (laughs) or was that never an era of porn i think there were like a few uh but I, i i would doubt that it's like the norm certainly not anymore i would agree i think it used to be more common than it is now um but i think like nowadays, I think a lot of people in porn are like also public figures. Mm-hmm. And so they're using their real names more often. And they're like going on TV and like Barstool Sports is always having porn stars on their stuff. And, um, you know, you get talked about in Drake songs and shit like that. So <laughs> I think I think they're more inclined to use their real name. Uh, my porn name, if I was going to come up with one, would be Hugh Dickens. That, that would be that would be mine. <laughs> But I answered the fucking porn star question, so you guys have to come up with an answer for that one too. I'm well, I mean, the the obvious one for me would be just buck naked because it's pretty much. <laughs> <written itself. laughs> um, otherwise, I only specialize in gangbang scenes, um, and it's mm. Jared fuck 'em all buck and doll. I think that <laughs> it, it's one of those two. It really depends where my career goes. Um, man, favorite uh, again. I'm going to uh, you know uh, throw myself under the bus here because again, I uh, you know if I don't review movies, I could probably just talk about adult film uh, <laughs> in, in length. Uh, pun on length. Uh, yeah. yeah. Nice. Um, I'm gonna go with uh, I think her last uh, Mia Mia Mal- Malkova. I think that's how you pronounce her last mm-hmm. name. Um, yeah, she she looks like a very uh, sweet person she actually is the thing is okay they also like you're saying cody they use their real name or something on that variation because a lot of them are like twitch streamers or they're (laughs) diversified now like she's like a big twitch streamer as well yeah yeah which that can mean a a way different thing yeah uh, depending on what site you're on yeah Um, I mean, wow. especially if you're looking at videos on Gold Belly, that definitely has it. <laughs> hey, that's a food oh, place. No. Oh. <laughs> that's nasty. You do not nice. disparage the name of Gold Belly, sir. <laughs> hey, I'm just oh, saying, man. you were talking streamers, different, uh, you know, <laughs> I had to go there. 
Nuts. I will say I have I am familiar with the work of of Mia Malkova, and uh, a lot of talent. Very smart. Uh, really puts a lot of emotion into her scenes. That, that's, I, I that's think she I lives in Oregon too, so I don't know if you guys like might see each other at the grocery store or anything. Is that? Oh, I had I didn't know that at all. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Seth, what do you got? So my porn name, so my, my middle name is Owen. So my, I would use that and it would be Owen, you a dickin'. Oh, that's a good one. <laughs> oh, wow. That's yeah. Nice. That the is thing is Owen you have, you, you, you're going to be typecast as like a loan officer or something like that. <laughs> I think that'd be perfect. Uh, your bill's past due and then <laughs> kicking that dirty bass. <laughs> oh my gosh and we talked about um uh off air in the past that i don't i i don't get me wrong i watch porn but i, I don't i don't watch <laughs> i typically don't watch the produced stuff i just i just stick to the amateur ones just just in in, in case i see see uh, someone that that maybe i recognize from from my life um it, it's kind of like a fun game on top of the you know the act of of porn watching yeah, I would agree. I think if if I if if I ever found out someone I knew uh, was in porn, I would have to watch it. Mm-hmm. Like I wouldn't care who it was. I wouldn't even care if I was attracted to the person. I'd be like, I gotta fucking know. That's like the ultimate curiosity. Uh, I want to thank Seth for coming up in the first fifteen minutes with the title of our episode, which is going to be "Don't get me wrong, I watch porn." <laughs> <laughs> Also, uh, uh, if there's wh- any listeners that you know uh, are in that biz, uh, shoot us an email. Yeah, well, let's do an interview. Yeah, we could interview some some pornographers, and and as we've talked about, uh, stu- uh, Room Fifty Six Studios would be happy to help you edit that dish too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The second part of which I I'm not sure how it's related to the first, but the second part of Mike's question uh, is. is Read it back to me, Seth. Is religion related to an LSD trip? Was that the is question? A, is it a result? So I guess my my um, my interpretation would be was did people like stumble upon LSD <laughs> back in the day and uh, come up with religion through an LSD trip? Is what I'm guessing mm. the question is. I would say that that's very possible because <laughs> um, we've seen like. Um, Certain drugs are, are parts of religion, right? Like uh, some like native cultures will use like peyote to have spirit journeys and stuff like that. And you've seen that in other in other cultures too. Mm-hmm. It wouldn't surprise me if, if they got a hold of some wacky weed and thought that cat over there was walking on a puddle. Um, that would be that would be pretty intense. I don't know whether I would speculate that that was the root cause of it, but what I will say is, in my limited experience with recreational drugs. Uh, I, I could definitely during those times have been led to believe that something religious was happening. <laughs> so I, wouldn't, I would say it's very, very possible that at least parts of some religions uh, are the result of some trips. I, I think that makes total sense. Yeah, I uh, I will be honest. I have not uh, dove too deep into uh, recreationals like the the one that's in the question. But, uh, <laughs> you know, the, the dabblings that I have had... Um, I mean, I would say yes, because I wrote this big, long page about how is if things 300 years ago, did it actually happen that way and whatnot? So, um, Mm -hmm. yeah, I I think that there's maybe a bit of truth in there. You know, I mean, back then there was no um, there was no like Twitter or uh, Facebook or anything to distract them. So they were probably, you know, 
telling stories and then Bill was saying the same story over and over again. So then he was like, hey, man, take a hit of this mushroom or something. And then, um, yeah, we got the Bible. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, that's a good one. What do you think, Seth? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> the, uh, there you know. go. Um, I don't know. Well, I will say this. We're, we're not a particularly religious bunch, but shout out to Mike for, for the hard-hitting questions. You got us all uh, stammering over how honest we wanted to be about the porn we watch and how honest we want to be about our recreational drug use and our religion. So uh, Mike really cut into the core of things and uh, forcing... forcing um, Owen, you a dickin, uh, buck, buck naked, and Hugh Dickens uh, to, to answer the, the tough questions. So big shouts out to Mike. Uh, what is Mike's Twitter handle, Seth? It is at Mike Hass, H-A-S-S, 16. Mike Hass, 16. We'll put a link to Mike's page in the description box so you can go check out Mike uh, and follow him on Twitter. Good friend of the show. Appreciate the question, Mike. Thanks for the thanks for the content. Appreciate speaking that. of speaking of Mike's that um, are friends of the show, I'm where where's Mike V's question at? Ooh. Normally he's all yeah, about the podcast. He's all he's all over it. He's on top of it. He he says he's the number one fan, but he hasn't even submitted a question yet. Tyler Barreto, he Mike. submitted two questions. I think he's the number he one. Might, fan he right might now. get that number oh. one. Dan, Dan too. Dan hasn't done one either. He's a friend of the show. Where are all these friends of the shows and their questions? They're all slacking. TB hmm. is the number one fan. And you're you putting go. them on blast so, live on air. Yeah. Throwing I down just, the gauntlet. The yeah. challenge has been issued. We, we do need some questions. So, yeah, send us some fucking questions, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Um, well, uh, th- again, thank you, Mike, for the questions. At SoCo Show Pod is where you can send us more Twitter questions. We're answering them at the top of every episode. And uh, from there, we're going to jump into things. Like I said, lots of stuff that we're going to review today. A little bit of TV news that is pretty interesting. I'm excited to talk about. But before we get into any of that, let's get to some more things from Twitter. These are chic tweets. I call you a punk. I think we, we've talked about in the past, Iron Sheik is a big fan of sports and, and football, especially. He loves his football. And I think we, we got a little peek into the, the what Sundays look like for Iron Sheik here. He said, uh, ice cold beer, my favorite chair, the football, and a bowl of pistachios. The only winning parlay for me today, Bubba. Wow. Uh, an, an endorsement of, uh, of the pistachio I guess you could say Sheik is just nuts for pistachios. Oh, oh wow. Yeah, thank you. Thank you very much. I'm here all week. Wow. Sheik. I, I, I will say that is, that's pretty close to my Sundays. Uh, I usually have a cold beer and I'm, I usually eat popcorn. I think popcorn is kind of a nut somehow. So I guess I, I'm in a similar boat as the Sheik. I, I'm glad to know that he and I have that in common. That's how we spend our Sundays. Um, actually just, just stumbled across one more. Um, I think he accidentally typed his breakfast order into Twitter uh, on Sunday morning. <laughs> he said, uh, scrambled eggs with the onions and lox and cream cheese on the twist twister bagel with the poppy seed. No capers, you dumb son of a bitch. Yeah, Thank that, you. Have a good day. That was definitely his DoorDash order. <laughs> <laughs> Wrong app, buddy. He copies that into the uh, into the like comment section where you can put like my apartment is around the corner. It's tricky to find. Like in that, he writes like 
don't forget the whatever, you dumb son of a bitch in all <laughs> And then says, I'll make you humble. <laughs> <laughs> I would wager that the Sheik has humbled at least a couple delivery drivers. Because I've had, I have overwhelmingly positive experience with delivery drivers, but occasionally I want to make someone humble. And I don't because I'm not the Iron Sheik, but I could definitely see that dude putting someone in the camel clutch for forgetting his drink or some shit like that. Fuck yeah. Fuck yeah, indeed. The Sheik, taking in some football and ordering up some breakfast this week at Sheik Tweet. <laughs> I call you a punk. Alrighty, let's shout out our sponsors. First of all, audibletrial.com slash SoCo. Hit the link in the description box. You're going to get 30 days of Audible and your first book for free. Mathis Designs, find our friend Steph at mathisdesigns.com for all your stationery and graphic design needs or to commission a piece for yourself. Get that piece. Get that piece. (laughs) Uh, Mike's Wood, head over to etsy.com slash shop slash cornfed and wed to get your woodworked. Oh, Mike. (laughs) If you like our new intro and outro music, hit up NPA an artist over on Spotify. Make sure you're subscribed to him over there. Get all his new songs. Uh, and actually, I haven't been over to MPA's page, but he either just released or is about to release a brand new song. Um, so make sure you're, you're following him over on Spotify so you can check all that out. And if you can't get enough NPA on Spotify, Nolan also works together with our very own Jared Buckendall on Room 56 Studios. So for all your video editing, graphic design needs, make sure you hit them up as well. Uh, Last but not least, Anchor, uh, which is our podcast uh, creation and distribution service. Let's go to a quick 30-second ad about Anchor. Very well said, as always, Cody. Uh, Anchor is also the place where you can leave us voicemail, uh, so make sure you link to our Anchor page and do that if you want to hear your voice on the SoCo Show. And also, it's the place where you can become an Anchor contributor, or as we call them, Anchor Wankers. Wanker. Uh, big shouts out to all of our current Anchor Wankers. Let's see if I can Wanker. remember them all this time. I, I know I forgot one last week. So we have Mike V, Jared B, Anna S, Casey C, Tyler V, uh, Tom, Tom M. Tom. Uh, Tom, I forgot last week. And then uh, the Iron Sheik, also uh, <laughs> a contributor to the show. So big shouts out to all of our Anchor Wankers. If you want to be Wanker. joining that list... Um, then uh, head over to the Anchor page. Choose the contribution amount on a monthly basis that works for you. If you're not an Anchor Wanker, no worries. Uh, we still love you. Keep clicking on these episodes and keep sharing the episodes with friends because uh, every click does help the show. All with that, uh, before, we do, <laughs> before we do start jumping into news, uh, quick reminder, our next live show which is going to be uh, hosted on the J Buck Studios YouTube channel. At Jared Buckendall. Coming up on under two weeks from now, October 28th <gasps> at 8 p.m. Central Time will be our next live show. Really looking forward to doing that. Uh, I know I'll need to take some shots for some new wankers that we have. Wanker. Uh, we'll get into a whole bunch of wackiness. Had a lot of fun with that last month. Really excited to bring it back to you guys again. Um, so make sure you put that on your calendar. October 28th, 8 p.m. Central Time. With that, let's roll on, and we got a little bit of TV news to get into. Let's do it. That's what she said. TV. All righty. So we found out just moments before uh, we started recording here today that a a favorite show, uh, at one time at least, of yours, Seth, Dexter, 
is getting a, revived, is I believe how they're referring to it. Uh, they're going to bring back the bring back um, Michael something Michael Vic. Anthony Michael Hall. Is that his name? <laughs> yeah, uh, no, uh, Michael C. Hall. I believe Michael C. Hall. Who am I? Who am I thinking of? Anthony Michael. Anthony That's Michael Hall. Breakfast Club. Breakfast Club and That's Dead right. Zone. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So not him. Uh, Michael C. Hall is returning to play the titular Dexter, uh, mm-hmm. and so this will be a new season tacked on to the end of the show. Not a, not a reboot. Ten episodes. Um, ten episode season. Seth, I want to get your response to this first because I know you're a fan of the original show. No. Don't wanna. Um, oh, okay. <laughs> no. Um, yeah, uh, I'm. I mean, I'm excited for it to to hopefully finish correctly this time. Um, hopefully, they figure out a way to. And I think they they left some doors where they could kind of you know scoot back out of it and and make it into a real ending. Um, I wonder if they'll do because it's been I don't know like nine ten, like nine eight something like that. I, it's been it's been almost a decade since the show ended. So um, you know maybe even more. I don't know, but. Um, yeah, it, it, I think it's a smart move on Showtime, too, because I think Dexter gained a lot of popularity just like I watched it on Netflix, kind of like how Breaking Bad did. Um, it was like one of the few shows that was on there to start. And remember when there was like only a dozen shows on Netflix? Wasn't that crazy? Yeah, no shit. I can't wait to I can't wait to tell my non-existent kids that, um, that <laughs> back in the day, we only had six shows to watch on Netflix. Um, but uh, no, so... Th- I think that's how a lot of people discovered it. Showtime also has lost some of their bigger shows, including Homeland that finished up recently. So I think they might be trying to get some attention back specifically with their, cause they're essentially not even, I mean, you can buy them and watch them on your TV, but one, not many people have cable um, or I mean, people do, but it's not as popular, but I think most people have it with the subscription service, like your HBO max and stuff like that. Um, and I know I'll buy it again to four, Dexter to see that 10 episodes. So um, I think they're trying to build back up their, their, the interest in Showtime. Um, I know I'll get it for, um, there's that Stephen Amell wrestling show that I want to see. So um, yeah, they, they're trying again. And I think, I think this is a big push for them. And there's always been these teases, teases, um, all the actors involved and, and Showtime on their Facebook page, even as kind of teased little things about potentially them reviving the show. So um, I hope that they stick with the 10 episodes. I hope that they wrap it up well. I hope they get everyone back for it, too. Um, so, yeah, I'm excited for it. There you go. Seth is excited. Jared, I know you didn't follow this one as closely, so I'll ask you more generally. Uh, here you have this series that was pretty beloved for a while and then kind of fumbled uh, at the end and had a lackluster finale. Do you think this move of, of bringing it back and trying to give it a proper ending makes sense uh for shows in general to try to do or what's your thoughts on on the move to to try again for the final season maybe um it i mean the thing is it, it it's almost uh i wouldn't say an easy way out because it's like okay sure the lore of the world all of that stuff is set up here's another season um i think it's nice for maybe fans of the the series to maybe get an ending that they wanted maybe you know a little bit of nostalgia in this in this time that we're living in um to get them back into it i just know that from everyone that i've talked to they they were on board it was a thing that everyone was talking about and then when it ended 
no one was talking about it. I think that it just completely lost a lot of people. So who knows? Maybe maybe some fans will be like, oh, great, let's go back to Dexter. Um, I know that my timeline via Twitter, a lot of people are talking about it. Who, who knows if they'll actually go out and seek it um, once, it's, once it's out. Um, I think the other thing, too, that um, gives me a little hope is Dexter's based off a book series. And, you know, they, they did stray away from that pretty far after the first one. Um, but I think they have, again, like kind of source material to work off of. And that's always a good thing, you know. So, uh, yeah, Game of Thrones, there you go, you know. <laughs> so, like, yep. once soon as they got off the, the, the source material, people kind of got upset. And I think that kind of happened with Dexter, too, is, is it really strayed away later on. So, maybe they bring it back in with a story. I've only really read the first one. Um, so, I don't know where the story really goes other than reading some synopsis and stuff. Um but, uh, yeah, I, I think that if they can draw off the source material, make some people happy that way, and then get some interest back in Showtime, I think it's a success for for uh, for Showtime. And also, like, it's been a while. You know, it's like not – they didn't try it two years later. You know, this is – it's been almost mm-hmm. – I think almost a decade. So I think it's given people time. Um, and I think the, the only worry I have is that if this works and they do well and it gets – tension back on showtime and revives maybe some of those people's careers because not a ton of them have had a lot of success afterwards at least like the main cast um i wonder if other shows start doing that like maybe game of thrones does that down the road and they're like okay here's one more season maybe the book is out by then um if he finishes it before he croaks um but so it's like maybe that sets a dangerous precedent not dangerous you know because obviously it's not life or death but like if they just start bringing back every single show um, for just the sake of you know getting popularity, I think that starts to become like not good for a lot of. I mean, that probably takes up time for original shows that could be good, you know. So mm-hmm. maybe, maybe that starts happening. I hope not, but I, I do hope that this this works for Dexter. Yeah, my my thing here is in general, I would rather I would rather um, Showtime come out with something new and interesting. And they could even use the same or similar actors. Um, now, this isn't a show I watched. If if they brought back Chuck for another season, mm-hmm. I would be fucking stoked to watch that. So, like, yeah. I don't have that context of, of wanting to know what happens next in this case. But in general, I, I'm kind of on the fence about this whole idea of, like, uh, like if they came out with another season of Scrubs, how excited would I be? Because that They've didn't talked get about an it ending. Too. Yeah, and, and they had, to me, that show ends... Season eight. Uh, bef- the season before the last one. So mm-hmm. um, if they did bring it back and did a check-in, we did see that. Um, I- I'll tell you this. I really dislike a f- like uh, Parks and Rec ended with a flash forward. And here's, what ha- here's what's happening 10 years after the show ended. New Girl did the same thing. I really don't like those. I, I don't know whether or not I will like if it was a full stop in current time and then they waited and now it's a check-in. I, I think I might be a little bit more inclined to enjoy that yeah. than it, I like, am those, you those lived in-season flash-forwards. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, and I will say, I thought New Girl did a good job of the, the flash-forward, though. Um, I thought I was more interested in it after that mm-hmm. be, because it had kind of, kind of gotten stale prior to that. So that, that jump forward allowed them to introduce like new stuff. And I didn't hate the Parks and Rec one either, but I, I agree. I probably would have enjoyed like a more natural ending for Parks and Rec just because that show is so solid all, all around. Mm-hmm. But I agree with in terms of the, the Dexter thing, like if they just move along in time, which I think they'll do, um, 
you basically you lived alongside them and and the, the way the the way that dexter ends that would make sense too if it's been all that mm-hmm. time um that's all i for people who maybe want to go and watch it or whatever i won't spoil how it ends but um he was yeah, dead could, the whole time <laughs> it's all a dream <gasps> he used to read word up magazine um but uh yeah so i, I again i i think that i think it's maybe i mean i think it's a good idea for showtime and just in terms of their business and drawing attention Jared, are there any are there any series that either you think should also try this because they had a bad ending or or are any shows that you liked in the past that you know it's been a long time and you might like to see a new season does anything come to mind uh when you hear this dexter news that you'd like to see i i mean not necessarily anything i'm like dying to see the one that jumped out and it's like i think it's already done and over with like go back and fix lost somehow but not the Mm -hmm. end the middle like fix the middle somehow um (laughs) i i don't know i can't really think of it maybe maybe a better conclusion to seinfeld because i didn't like the way Mm -hmm. it ended i mean Mm -hmm. again i i love that show i grew up with it i mean i find great things from it but it just didn't feel like a great finish to um kind of the legacy that it had I'm thinking uh, Animal Practice. Remember that on NBC? That was that was a great show. I mean, I, no, um, you know they're actually they're actually doing it with weeds too. I forgot Showtime's doing it with weeds too. Um, they're doing another really? season of weeds. Yeah, um, so they got a couple of their classics, and that's another one that was like that was like one of the four shows on mm-hmm. on Netflix back in the day. It was mm-hmm. Weeds, Dexter, and then like House of Cards had just started. <laughs> like, yeah, God, you're right. Everyone was watching the same five shows. Weeds is one I watched like a season or two of weeds and kind of fell off but i did like that show i don't know Mm -hmm. what the later seasons do or don't do but that is an interesting one because if they fast forward to today the whole landscape of the marijuana industry has changed since then so that 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 i would be interested in because the time has changed and made that more intriguing than it was when they stopped that i think is a good reason to bring it back that's almost a new show at that point like an entirely Mm -hmm. different show Mm -hmm. um I'm really, I'm actually really excited. I've heard some people involved in the show talk about it and the ideas what they have for it. So I think that's going to actually be really good. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I think for me, uh, community. I hope I, I really want them to finish yeah. what they yeah. kind of had. It just feels all in limbo, kind of. Um, I mean, I'd always take more BoJack Horseman, um, but that's just me. I, it ended pretty well though. I think Scrubs is the obvious one for me. I, yeah. I, I I, I wouldn't mind seeing, you know, where are they today? What are they up to? Um, I, I, I know some people didn't love the Office finale. I, I really enjoyed it. Um, I like the finale. The last season is kind of butt, though. Yeah, last season is not the greatest. I, I think the Office is one that it was good enough that I don't want to go back and see. Um, mm-hmm. and, and a lot of those characters are going away from each other in that. I'm, so I think to, to have a reason to draw them back in would be different. I think you're about I met to your mother. I met your mother, which yep. that would be an interesting mm-hmm. one. Yeah. They just fucking fixed that Robin was the <laughs> the wife and it's someone else. What a fucking annoying, like, spoilers on How I Met Your Mother for a second, oh, right? Jared, Jared, you've seen this, right? Well, okay, question. Didn't they do a, there's like a, a essentially a choose your own adventure where there's two different endings now? Well, there was an alternate ending on the uh, DVD or whatever that there was like, they made a big deal of like, it's on the you know the, okay. the complete series DVD. If you want to see the alternate ending, you got to get it. Yeah, and I know that some people are like, no, that's the actual ending, and it's like, okay. Mm-hmm. What but was yes, the alternate I've, I've ending? Yes, I've seen it. I've seen it. Um, um, he ends up with Barney. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that is pretty alternate. I don't remember. I have. No, I, 
I re- I remember the fuss about that and being like, oh, you you know, you can find out what the ending. And I never did. I didn't care to. Because the thing that upset me about How I Met Your Mother, this is this is why I said spoilers, is the first episode of How I Met Your Mother sets up Robin as the mother and then goes, haha, just kidding, kids. Robin's definitely not the mother. <laughs> and, then, and then they for fucking ten years kept telling you she's not. <laughs> and then at the end, they were like, just kidding about the just kidding. He does be- end up back with her. And I'm like, I didn't mind them ending up back with her, but they were so adamant that it wasn't her. I was like, fuck you, dude. Like, that's not even a clever twist. It's just you lied to us for 10 years. And that upset me. That, that's, part, mm-hmm. that's mainly why I didn't. I didn't mind that he had met the mother and that she had passed away. I was okay with having mm-hmm. that unknown portion <laughs> what of time. If, but what if they would have flipped it? Had, what if they would have flipped it and had it met it with Lily? <laughs> That would have been weird. That would have been wacky. Yeah. That would have been, been awesome. I would have been like, sweet, good choice. I, um. I, I like the theory where uh, Ted Mosby was just a raging alcoholic the whole time, and it was all in his mind, and he like the reason he's reminiscing is because his, his kids are like, dead. that was the only, uh, uh, like, hope that he had in his mind and stuff, but he messed it up with uh, Robin. Hmm. Hmm. I got one yeah. more show, and it's just because I got canceled recently. But Glow that needs a fucking finish. Ooh. That show needs an end, and they left it on a bunch of cliffhangers. Is Glow canceled? Yeah, yeah, they fucking filmed two episodes and they got shut down. Yep. And then Netflix is like, no, nope, no more. No way! I didn't know that. They, yeah, yeah, that was getting nominations and a lot of yeah. a lot of praise and a lot of people. I watching it. That's an interesting choice. I hope the WWE Network picks it up and buys it and <laughs> puts it on there. Shit, they might as well. <laughs> That'd, be That'd be awesome. awesome. There you go, WWE. There's a million dollar idea. Uh, I have an idea for the new season of Weeds. I think when they come back, they should. Yes, we need to go to space. <laughs> they, go, they start. They they do hydroponics on the space station, and then they bring space weed down to Earth. And it's kind of like Walter White's blue meth. It's like the biggest fucking uh, thing. Maybe it's green or. But, all right. Um, there's like little yeah. sparkles in it or something. So yeah, space remember- weed. Yeah. Do you remember how we did that? Tried doing that game where like there'd be a code word for a while. I think that is now replaced with the space. Like you're gonna you're gonna find a way to fit it in every single episode in some sort of natural way. And then if you don't, if you can't find a natural way, you can just hit it randomly. But like once an episode, you have to play that sounder at some point. That's you know yeah. And now now that it's out there, it is it is formal now. I guess I was just informally trying to do it for a couple weeks, but now, yeah, that's a thing. You've you've laid down the challenge, and I will accept it. <laughs> uh, you will you will hear the space sounder every every week, in one way, shape, or form. It has. To, uh, I it, will find a way to slide that in. It has to be creative, or like in a really funny moment. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, I, I'm 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 pretty good at funny moments. I don't know. If you know so, um... <laughs> I'm I'm not a professional comedian for nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I get paid to tell jokes. That's what I say. I don't tell people I'm a professional comedian. I tell people I get paid to tell jokes, which is literally true, but I get paid like $20. It's not like I make a bunch of money, but I do get paid to tell jokes. So uh, that's that's my humble brag, I guess. Tell well, those yuck uh, yucks. There you go. Yucking it up. Uh, what do we got? We got weeds going to space. Uh, we got <laughs> Dexter coming back. We got maybe they're going to fix Lost. We don't know. Uh, but let us know, guys, on the Facebook and on Twitter at SoCo Show Pod. Uh, what's a show that you oh, think would benefit from a renewal season, uh, or what's a show that you wish would get a new ending uh, because the original one stunk? Let us know on Facebook and on Twitter. Again, that's at SoCo Show Pod. And what show do you want to see Jared do an ending explained poorly for? Ooh, 
Maybe the Ooh, B in apartment go. 23. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what, dude? That is, I watched all, I watched every episode of that show. That show was fucking hilarious. Yeah, I, I loved it. And then it just ends and you're like, oh, that is Jessica yeah. Jones on it. Yep. Right. And uh, mm-hmm. what's his name from Dawson's Creek? James Vanderbeek. Vander- yeah. Himself. And he plays himself. <laughs> He's fucking hilarious. And yeah. I was really into that. That was at a time I was watching that show at a time when I was in college. Uh, my, my college roommate and I, Kirk, um, we like for whatever reason, we decided we were going to like watch show like watch women shows. And and I, I say that I know knowing that it's an, a way too simplification of, of shows that are maybe intended for female audiences or whatever. But um, that's how I got into New Girl was like, we're going to fuck around and watch this girl show. Haha. Mm-hmm. And then it was awesome. So we watched it. <laughs> the same with the Mindy, the Mindy Project, which I also really liked. Yep. And then Don't Trust the Bee in Apartment 23 was another one. Those are all just fucking great shows. And I probably owe some uh, some credit to Kirk for my actual like diverse taste in movies cause, and, and, and shows. Because at that time, I would never have watched anything with the female lead. Um, <laughs> oh my <but>. god <laughs> yeah unless well I mean, that's hey that's me being honest because oh i was at the time i was like i'm a man i want you to explode like I still, i'm a man I still, this, I still had this bullshit idea in my head that like i had testosterone uh which i now know is emphatically not the case so i watch a lot of lady stuff now but uh at the time uh when i was in college i was like no that's for girls i'm not gonna watch that um and don't trust to be in apartment twenty three was a a, a nice um, counter to that to that argument. So that's God. I don't. I haven't thought about that show enough. That really is a good one. Yeah, that one. Uh, I'm trying to like. I'm sure we're trying to move along. But yeah, that that the be in apartment twenty three. I remember watching and very fun. But also. Uh, Hall and Oates is that no not Hall and Oates. Uh, Garfunkel and Oates. Uh, Garfunkel <laughs> yeah. and Oates. Yeah. <laughs> that was a show. Yeah, they did. Yeah, they uh, I think show. two seasons. On what? What channel? Crackle? Was it IFC? I think it was IFC, yeah. They always, IFC has all the the goofy stuff every now and then. I do like Garfunkel notes, like some of their music's funny, Yeah, but I've never seen the show. Yeah. I didn't watch it either. I think it's on Netflix, though. Uh, Or maybe Hulu. Oh! Somewhere. I've run into it. Got another one. Um, uh, The Last Man on Earth, the Will Ferrell, or Will Will Forte show. I, I loved that show, and that left on a fucking cliffhanger. That show was so funny. So did they did they get canceled or they intentionally yeah. ended it on a cliffhanger? No, they got canceled. That's a bummer. Yeah, that was a show. I know you you watched a ton. I saw a handful of episodes and really enjoyed it. Um, but that, I remember that you show was like a weird. That yeah, that show was a, like a weird cult following, but I I love it. Well, there you go, folks. Uh, Dexter coming back for a brand new season. Are you going to watch it? I don't know. I'm not because I don't watch yes. that show. But uh, I'm going to. I told you already. Think. There you go. Let us know what you guys think on the socials. Hit us up at Soko Show Pot. Uh, for now, let's jump forward here. We're going to keep it in the world of TV, though. Uh, let's do some reviews in the TV corner. Television! Down on the corner. Nobody puts baby in the corner. All righty. So, Jared, we're going to start with you here uh, with a review of a, I think, a, a timely and poignant uh, series coming at us from Netflix. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, this is, um, it is called Social Distance. And, th- you know, the title of it kind of uh, piqued my interest at first. I was like, well, what is this? Is this like a documentary following people that are kind of living with their lives right now? Um, that's what I thought. It is actually a scripted 
uh, kind of anthology series. It's eight episodes, and it's about, I mean, the episodes range, they're quick episodes, like 15 minutes to about maybe 22 for the longest. And it showcases, like I said, anthology and kind of many different situations that us you know, more than likely uh, Americans rather than, you know, other people because uh, we, we don't know how to handle everything right now, so we're stuck mm-hmm. in home. Um, and it does a good job of, like, each episode, ha- like, starts with a date. So it's, like, April 2nd, uh, April 7th, May, whatever. Um, and they also kind of tie in actual real-life events that are happening at that time that I thought were very interesting. Um, I think that this does a fine job of being unique because it does follow that kind of filming structure of um, searching and kind of unfriended where everything's like through Zoom calls and maybe like uh, FaceTime and social media and stuff. Um, it does, they, they, they had to be creative because I'm sure that they filmed this very quickly in their own homes, everything like that. So they they found a way to work around, you know, the, the uh, situation that the world is in right now. And... Um, I would say that it does a good job of tackling the different things that people are dealing with. Like one of them is essentially having a funeral, but it's remote because they can't go there. And it's all of them on a Zoom call and how older people don't know how to work Zoom or not, you know, uh, discrimination against older people. But just, you know, this is new technology um, that no one has used before. So it's very lighthearted and comedic, but very sad as well because it's like they're they're mourning someone's death but it's funny because someone has like all of a sudden like a window pops up and someone's like twerking or something somehow they jumped into the wrong zoom call i don't know (laughs) that's just one example but i think that uh again eight episodes i would say about half of them i thought worked fairly well because they connected to me i guess again you know the funeral one could connect to someone else instead of myself um like there's one about alcoholism and a relationship that ended uh, because of that and being at home alone. What do you do? Um, and I thought that that one hit really hard. I think that that one's actually uh, acted by uh, the guy who uh, Luke Cage. Um, I'm trying to think of what his oh, name shit. is, uh, but I think he's the main character of that one. So about half the episodes I think hit. The other half are very kind of goofy, wonky, and whatnot. Like there's one where you can tell that it's very much. It's it's supposed to be Gen Z with you know TikTok and uh, online gaming. They even talk about and showcase um, Overwatch, but you can tell that it's old people that did the writing that cannot connect to them mm-hmm. because it's a lot about like oh man that was so litty and oh man we've been stuck in core so the so long like blah 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 and the dialogue just feels awful. Um, again, yeah. I am not a Gen Z person, so maybe you are talking like that in nonsense and memes and whatnot. Um, I think, yeah, half of, I would say watch half of certain ones, spot watch this one. Again, it's an anthology thing, so nothing really connects aside from the dates. And if you are familiar with like the real life events that were happening at that time, then you might get a little bit more. That's probably the only, only cohesive thing, um, throughout this. So yeah, spot watch some. When, so this one seems, there's a show, uh, it's not an anthology, but there's a show on like ABC called Connecting, and it's like this oh, group yeah. of like twenty and thirty somethings friends, and it's all on Zoom calls. And I, on that, I'm like, oh fucking barf! Like that's <laughs> that's really lame. This sounds slightly more interesting to me. I, I like that it's antho- anthological and that it's um, 
more specific and and closer to true, I think is more interesting. I, I think the thing for me that this makes me wonder is, are we going to start getting... Do you think this is specific to quarantine or are we start going to start getting shows and movies about events this quickly after everything happens? Like the, these, the dates in this show happened fucking six months ago mm-hmm. and we already have a show about it and we have documentaries and movies and things already about quarantine shows about quarantine. You know, someone's already written the fucking Donald Trump movie that they're going to put out as soon as he <laughs> leaves office. Yep. Um, is, do you guys think the speed at which real life events are going to become movies is is getting faster and is that okay with you? What do you think, Seth? Um, I mean, I'm I guess I'm fine with it. I I don't know. Um, I don't know. It doesn't really matter if it's done well. Then cool. I guess you know I'm, a, mm-hmm. I'm I'll enjoy it. I don't know. It doesn't really matter to me. I guess. <laughs> yeah. What do you think of that, Jerry? Yeah, I think we'll, we'll we'll probably see more of this because I mean it goes back to that whole conversation of like why is there no like great parody movies anymore? And it's because life moves so quickly. So some of these events and stuff, they're like we gotta pump this out, we gotta get that out there because no one is going to remember this in two months. Like, do you guys remember Tiger King? Because I barely even remember it. It <laughs> happened. It happened yeah. like what three months ago or how? Who knows how long it was. Um, 80 days ago 80 days ago um yeah i think if it's done well sure go for it but um the the zoom like uh searching and from what i've heard about unfriended i think that they did it fairly well this comes Mm -hmm. off as clunky at times um because they just don't they don't do a great job of like enthralling you in what's going on i mean we we all we're high on searching because of that storytelling that it it's such a simple idea, but they did such a great job of storytelling through that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. I don't know. I, I'm not generally in favor of, of the, the COVID shows and things that are coming out because I think they're going to age really poorly. And I, I don't think they care. Like I think a, a handful of people are going to go watch social distance over these next few weeks and then no one's going to ever watch it again. And I think Netflix is okay with that. I think they mm-hmm. want clicks now and yeah. I think it's the same the same case for that ABC show. They want audiences now. They're not. They don't mm-hmm. care how long it has a shelf life for. Um, and I think it's different in movies. Like I, I prefer to wait longer after an event because I really want the movie to get all the facts right, and I want the story to really be done by the time I'm watching the movie. But in these cases with COVID, I, I do think it's a case of that. They don't. They don't care if it lives a long time. They just want you to watch it while you're you know in quarantine today. It also didn't cost them like any money to make, probably because yeah, that's it, true. I mean, they probably because I know like most of the shows that filmed at home were filmed on like iPhones, like like studios would just send people iPhones. Lindsay, I think Lindsay had talked about that. Um, so like, yeah, it's super cheap, and they they they. It doesn't matter if people don't watch this in twenty years, and they even might because people might be like, oh yeah, what was it like back mm. when that happened? And boom, pull that up. It's like yeah, that's pretty accurate. <laughs> so, um. Yeah, I, I mean, I think that Netflix, it's smart for them to do this for now. Capitalize, and it doesn't cost them much. The show is Social Distance. It's available on Netflix now. Jared's recommending a spot watch. Uh, check out the episodes that seem interesting to you. I ha- I just want to put in a couple words uh, for The Boys Season 2. Boys! Um, boys! They finished... Uh, <laughs> You're doing uh, Britney Spears from the. <laughs> yep. I'm. I wasn't trying to, but you. I mean, you it sounded like were. that, and you did it. You you didn't try. You did it. <laughs> I don't think I could do it again. I, I don't want to try. 
I'm gonna, I'll clip it for a sounder if I can remember. But, oh, um, fuck yeah, you have to. Yeah, that that's that was the boys. Uh, and what's funny is I've never, I've never heard that song outside of that movie. <laughs> Austin, Austin, Austin Powers, Powers Gold Member. Yeah, yeah, it is Gold Member. Right? Okay, so yeah. yeah, I've never heard that song out, and I always thought it was really weird. I'm like, I don't know that Britney Spears song, so I assumed it was made up uh, for the movie. I don't oh, know whether real. I honestly have no idea whether or not that's true. I've never heard that song. It's a real song, but yeah, no, it's, it's, I mean, that's where we know it from because yeah. we had seen that yeah. fucking scene over a thousand <laughs> times. Oh my gosh, it's Britney Spears. <laughs> Boys. <laughs> <laughs> the first one was better, uh, but that's still funny. <laughs> <laughs> so the boys uh, uh, not featuring Britney Spears um, finished up its second season they were doing weekly releases on Amazon Prime and, and you two assholes got to catch the entire thing a couple months ago um, yeah, but I had to wait that? until like, this past week that was like before God, quarantine like, right I think that was well, what 2017 maybe <laughs> alright well I'm late to the party on the board but I will say uh, I, I would agree with how you guys teed it up. I, I think that uh, a lot of the things you enjoyed about season one of The Boys are still present here, and in some cases even ramped up, especially the violence and the gore in season two. Is gore! Nuts. Like, there is some gross. I did like that, oh, thing, uh, like a lot when I was watching The Boys, and I, I remember texting you guys a few times, like, holy shit, they just did this. And... Um, so I would say if you were into the violence and the gore uh, of the first season, that is certainly still present here. There's a lot of really interesting commentary here as well, um, kind of revolving, uh, I'll, I'll keep it spoiler free, but kind of revolving around uh, some issues that are pretty current now. Um, you know, the the political division, I'll say, uh, you know, between like super liberal people and super conservative people. And, and what's interesting about season two of The Boys is that they, they, don't take a side. A, a lot of shows would give you, and, and The Boys does, it gives you a cartoonish oversimplification of someone who's far right, but they also do it for someone who's far left. And so it, it seems even in a way that is refreshing. It, it doesn't seem like it's trying to pander to me. Um, and and it, it kind of gives both sides its ribbings. Um, the story here stays interesting the whole time, which is really cool. They, they didn't really seem to lull. There, there weren't any throwaway episodes or throwaway time here. Uh, the cast is still really excellent. The addition of Aya Cash to the cast I thought was a welcome one, uh, as well as some some other characters who who sort of move into prominence here. So I would say if you liked The Boys Season 1, you will enjoy Season 2. Um, I, I certainly did at least just as much, if not more, than Season 1. And I'm incredibly excited to see where they go from here. They've set up some things that I think are interesting, and uh, I, I'm really intrigued to see kind of what happens next. So it'll be a long wait. Uh, since season two just came out, but season three is happening uh, and is in the works over at Amazon. So keep an eye out for that. If you haven't ever watched The Boys, um, it gets a thumbs up from all three of us. We, we've really enjoyed that show. It's available on Amazon Prime now. Um, so go check that one out. Getting a recommend. Alrighty, so The Boys is Boys is available <laughs> on <laughs> Amazon Prime right now. Social Distance is available on Netflix right now. You can check out both of those uh, getting reviewed this week in the TV Corner. Television! Down on the corner. Nobody puts baby in the corner. All righty. Uh, we got some homework getting done this week. It was Seth's turn for We Missed the Boat. Oh! I'm on a boat, and You're going to need a bigger boat. All righty. So last week, we uh, created a list for Seth that included 
let's see. Seth had The Exorcist. Uh, Overlord was on the list. And Jared submitted... What was yours? Yours was pretty good, too. Um, I think uh, it was uh, uh, Memento. Yeah. Memento. Yeah. So, solid list of three movies. And uh, depending on which one Seth watched... Uh, someone's going to get some points out of this thing right now. So, Seth, I'll hit the drum roll, uh, and then you can tell the folks at home what you watched this week. Here you go. I watched The Exorcist. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, fucker. <laughs> the one no one's so, seen before. That's true. It's yeah. the version no one's seen. And I, do, so I guess I don't get... know the differences. Yeah, you wouldn't know the differences. I want to hear. I want to hear your assessment of this in just a second. So this is mm-hmm. going to mean Seth that you get one point. Uh, mm-hmm. Jared and I will not get any points since you didn't pick our movie. So th- this pulls you into a tie with Jared. You guys both have one point. I still have minus one. So I, okay. I have a hole to climb out of. Uh, so, but tell us what you thought of The Exorcist. So yeah, now that we have the points understood, I think this will be a more smooth ride going forward. But um, with the with Exorcist, um, I definitely see why because this is a 70s movie, I, I see why people back then freaked out about it, because there's some fucked up shit that happens in that movie. Um, and it's it's interesting, because there's a lot of like language and stuff, too, that I don't think you saw a ton of, um, especially a possessed girl doing sexual things. <laughs> That's very strange. Um, mm-hmm. So I see why people, like, back then especially, were like, there's stories of people like throwing yep. up in the theater yep. and, like, fucking screaming and running from the theater so i don't think i'd ever have that sort of reaction especially you know because it looks like pea soup when she's barfing but at the same time too it's you know uh it's it's i can understand it and i think it's cool especially for you know being made back then uh the effects are all actually really good um and i kind of like that whole like the the practical effects i i I like seeing those because even more so now it's like I, I, it's interesting how they just do it in terms of filmmaking. And so I like to see those practical effects. And I think they all look real enough where it's like, I mean, obviously it looks fake, but at the same time, it looks real enough to believe for the movie you're watching. So they do a great job with all that. Um, it's, it is a little, I mean, it's a little slow. Um, of, there, there's kind of like long stretches where they're kind of just discussing like what's going on with her. <laughs> and, I kind of get it. <laughs> I mean, there's, there, you know, it, there's, it's not too difficult of a story to explain. So, I mean, it got a little slow at times and I would have kind of liked to see more of the kind of what's going on with her. Um, and you know how, whatever this possessed being is inside of her, like why it's happening and stuff. But, um, overall it's, it's a really good movie and, uh, it's, it's got some freaky moments and, um, I, I also love how well Scary Movie 2. <laughs> I was going to say, how does, the, how does the toilet scene hold oh, up? Oh, god damn it. This is another one of those. <laughs> yep, yep. I fuck, god fucking damn Scary Movie. <laughs> it is, it is, it is incredibly, it, it, they did a really good job of spoofing it. Which, I wish, uh, I, for, I just realized. Scary Movie keeps ruining class. You shouldn't be allowed to watch Scary Movie unless you've seen all the movies it's spoofing. That's horse shit. I also forget, like, the girl in Scary Movie 2 is Natasha Lyonne. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then also the guy, um, the, the casting for the ma- the old priest in that movie versus Scary Movie 2, they look very similar. <laughs> yeah. It's James Woods, right? James Woods. Yeah, yeah James, James Woods, Woods. versus, yeah. uh, what's his name? They aged him down. Uh, Max Von Sydow. <laughs> That's Man. him? 
I believe so. I think that I, I was reading something um, that they put makeup on him, and then he couldn't find a role after the fact because people thought he was actually that old. <laughs> that makes sense because I can picture the guy from The Exorcist and thinking that that's Max von Sydow, who was also in Star Wars The Force Awakens, wasn't making mathematical sense in my head. <laughs> so, yeah, they must have aged him up like crazy. Yeah, that is, I didn't yeah. fucking know that. Huh. Yep, Max von Sydow. Wow. Power of Christ compels you indeed. Mm-hmm. Uh, man, The Exorcist scared the tits off of me when I was... A, I was like, I was like 11 or 12 the first time I watched it, and I couldn't... I Actually, I tell a joke about this. I couldn't be alone for like months after that. Like I was afraid to go into the shower because I was alone for that amount of time. It freaked me out. And the, I think it was her face. Like, I think we talked about this recently. Like anytime you fuck with a human face and you get into that uncanny valley, that it, it's still today, but even more back then, it, that was the thing you could do that would scare me the most. And so the first time I watched it, I was like, yeah, this is fucked up. And then I went back and watched it a little bit later when I wasn't afraid of it. And I was like, okay, I can, I can see what's happening here, but it's not so much scary um, anymore. But you're right, Seth, that, that this shocked the fuck out of audiences back when it came out. <laughs> there was a lot of stuff in here they'd never seen before. Or heard before. Yeah, that too. I, I know exactly what you're, what you're talking about. I'm sure there were like protests about sacrilege for some of the stuff mm-hmm. that she's doing in that. And, yeah. and they're probably well-founded, but... Um, Alas, instead they got one of the most iconic horror movies of all time. They didn't really get it pulled down like I hope they, like they probably hoped they would. Um, anyway, this is uh, The Exorcist. Seth caught that this weekend and gets himself a point. So Seth now yeah, I saw that, with Jared. I, and, and really, yeah, I saw that at the theater, so I was already planning to go to it, as I mentioned last week. So that's really why, because I already had time scheduled to, to go do it. So, yeah. But I, I think I think now... We won't, we won't be just picking our own movies from, from here on out. I think there'll be some switching around. Well, I would, I would give you guys shit for both picking your own movies, but I picked no movies. So uh, <laughs> I don't really have the moral high ground here. But this, this coming week, I'm going to be the change I want to see in the world. Um, which actually uh, is a good segue into what we need to do next. It is going to be my turn next week for We Missed the Boat. So I need some movies to pick from. What do you guys, uh, what do you guys have in mind here? What are you feeling? Like, are do you, would you do you want something kind of more light or something that's like really good and will 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 like grab you? Hmm. What do you want to be grabbed by? <laughs> the grabbler. So here's what I'll tell you: the the opportunities I'm going to have to watch movies this this coming few days are going to be on a plane, um, and then potentially with my girlfriend's family, maybe, and then very late at night after I get home. So I would say uh, something lighter probably lends itself to all those situations, I would say in okay. general. That's not to say I would shy away from something that's more uh, maybe dramatic, but based on okay. the circumstances I'm going to be watching a movie in, I would say that would probably be my leaning. Um, why not? Uh, I, I don't think you've seen Crazy Rich Asians, right? I haven't. That is an excellent one. Yes. All right, let's do that. I've been looking forward to seeing that one for a while. Crazy Rich Asians is going on the list. Jared, what do you got? Um, have you seen 2016's, it's a spiritual successor to Dazed and Confused, Everybody Wants Some? Ooh, no, I haven't seen that one either. Oh, All right, throw it on the list. I will actually have a hard time choosing between those two, and uh, I'm flipping through my personal watch list here as well, uh, and I'm going to give myself another one that, um, God, there's so many good things on here. Um, 
I'll give myself another one that's in that light. I could watch it on a plane one that we've talked about being sneaky good. Uh, Megamind is what I'm going to put on my own list. I've never seen it. Uh, I've never seen it either. <laughs> I I, uh, I I could have sworn that that one of you guys yeah, told who the me fuck I should you talking watch it. To? I I don't know who I don't know who told me, but someone told me it was surprisingly good. So I, I'm putting Megamind on the list alongside <laughs> everyone. Everybody wants some. Wow. And uh, and what was um, uh, crazy? Everybody rich wants Asian. some and crazy rich Asians. So I have some uh, some airport fare uh, or some uh, some with the family fare to enjoy over this next you know weekend. Weird. So, What's that? I have a I have a memory of watch. I had just seen Crazy Rich Asians and then had gone on a, a flight, and someone in like diagonal to me <laughs> on the laptop was watching Crazy Rich Asians, and it had been like a year since it came out. If yeah, I watched it really late. So it was like really weird that like two days later I was like someone on a plane. I just have that memory. That's that's really strange. I have had it with these motherfucking Crazy Rich Asians on this motherfucking plane. <laughs> Uh, let's see. What what were they again? Uh, Crazy Rich Asians, Everybody Wants Some, and Megamind. You just made the list! That sounds... It's a funny list. I don't know. It makes me feel a certain way about myself that I can't put my finger on. Um, <laughs> that those are like the simplest movies ever, and I'm like really excited to watch them. So, uh, I will be watching and reviewing one of those three movies next week, and we missed the boat. Oh! I'm on a boat, and... Gonna need a bigger boat. Alrighty, let's turn to some more recent movies. We got a bunch of stuff to review. Let's jump in. Mom, what do you think? I love it. <laughs> I hated it. All right, guys. Uh, let's start here. Seth and I both, on Jared's recommendation, watched Hubie Halloween uh, this past Hubie. weekend. Uh, I'll start because I haven't, I haven't, I haven't seen anything else that you guys are gonna talk about. So I'll start with Hubie Halloween. Um, Jared's right. This this is like a this is really silly, uh, really kind of this this group of actors who you've seen getting together before, uh, really seeming to have some fun here. Adam Sandler really kind of just you know whether this was his post uncut gems snub, fuck it, I'm just making this dumb movie. Uh, like you you can feel all that in here, and that's not necessarily to say that that's a negative. Um, I think it it's occasionally uh, refreshing to see a, a movie that's really not taking itself very seriously. I really enjoyed a lot of the in-jokes uh, from other Sandler movies. Those were really fun to spot. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was almost a fun game to watch out for him and try to recognize him. Uh, this, I, don't confuse any of this for me saying this movie's good. It's not. It's a bad movie. But it is. <laughs> uh, it's entertaining enough, and if you're already a fan of Sandler, and if you want something that's going to you know, put you in the Halloween spirit, and maybe you're not into horror... Um, my girlfriend Gina's not into horror, so that so I was like, oh, let's watch a horror. Halloween movie. This one's not scary. The horror, and so <laughs> uh, it was. I, I thought it was a nice time. That's I guess the nice thing, the nicest thing that I could say about it. <laughs> I, I don't remember too much about it, other than there were a couple funny in jokes. Uh, Sandler had the the wacky accent, which I thought was a little much at times. The ending of this was uh, kind of a nice surprise. It was uh, it was a little bit more of a twist ending than I was anticipating, so that was kind of fun, too. So I had a good enough time with this, but I, I'm not accusing it of being a great movie anytime, Seth. What say you? Yeah, I mean, I, I agree with you. I, I, I was a little bored with it at times, honestly. I didn't laugh a, a ton. I mean, there's some definitely funny moments, but um yeah I, I mean i honestly i liked something like murder mystery way more than than this mm. um but i mean it was i i wasn't mad about watching and i really did enjoy the references and stuff like that and 
and uh, some of the you know usual usual Sandler Poppins um, showed up, and um, his uh, daughters were in it. I thought they did a pretty good job. I don't know if they're gonna keep uh, acting or whatnot, but um, so that was kind of cool. Got his family involved now. His wife did a cameo again too. So yeah, I mean that was fun, and I like Sandler, um, but I. I'm looking for more murder mystery movies that kind of add a little, like, little something different um, to the usual Sandler wackiness. I was disappointed there was no uh, 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 Dunkachinos in this movie. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Al Pacino and Jack and Jill. Uh, no Jack and Jill references, so that was kind of sad. Uh, if you're looking for something very, very light, very, uh, I, w- I would say relatively enjoyable, uh, something to spend a couple hours on, maybe with the family. Uh, or, or anyone else who's not going to be watching spooky movies with you uh, during October. Check out Hubie Halloween, available on Netflix now. Uh, Jared, let's go to you now. Uh, you're going to review a few things for us. Let's start with this one. Uh, we were talking about COVID earlier. Uh, seems like you were in a mood this week. You caught a documentary about that same subject. Yeah, I was like, you know what? What do I, you know, I don't like myself, so let's just make myself hate myself and the world even more. So let's watch nothing but COVID and social distancing stuff. Um, So this one is a documentary called Totally Under Control. And it is, I mean, from the trailer, it's like, oh, it's a secret documentary that we've been filming over the last however many months during COVID, and we're going to expose everything that's been going on. And, um, I mean, that's what this documentary is. Essentially, it dives into everything, the coronavirus, what has been going on amongst um, the different countries, the U.S., uh, the Trump administration, people working behind the scenes, uh, healthcare professionals, and everything like that, starting in almost, I think it's December of 2019, and leads up to, I believe, May of maybe the end of April uh, 2020. So again, there's still, there there could be a follow-up essentially of uh, the next, you know, five months or whatever that follows this. But I think that this, um, I will say it's uh, very much, it leans a political way um, because uh, we believe in science and that's <laughs> what they do here is they dive into setting the groundwork of where this kind of started, the first emerging case what they've learned about the virus and essentially everything that they've learned, they've had to backpedal many, many, many times of, oh, well, there's only one person that has it and they only talk to 12 people. So only those 12 people, we go check them and they'll be fine. They didn't realize that essentially those 12 people then talked to 12 people who talked to 12 people. Like basically there was about 3000 people that they needed to talk to. And then it could have been handled, um, essentially week one. Um, but they had no clue. Like it does a great job. I think of showcasing the mismanagement of leadership, how ego, how financial gain can get in front of essentially caring for, uh, the, the population, the uh, human being. And, um, essentially leading to where we're at now and how misinformation has come out and how again misinformation has been toted as fact and it is just honestly i i don't i really thought it was interesting i thought it was very educational but it is very depressing it is baffling it is shocking it is how did this happen 
And it does, I know that some people have already jumped in the comments and kind of been angry with my stance or my my thoughts on this, but it does <laughs> compare this, uh, kind of the U.S. to uh, South Korea a handful of times where people were saying, oh, you can't compare it, it's apples to oranges. They compare it how we handled the situation where South Korea went to lockdown, made had masks, kind of made everything illegal, where we were and still are way more laissez-faire about everything that's going on. You know, um, you can go to a bar and stuff in, in Florida right now. So it's, it's, again, all of those emotions in this documentary and how there was plans and stuff that were built up um, from, like, the FDA and the CDC of, like, hey, we have this kind of uh, hypothesis, like, you know, we, we have this uh, plan of a virus that's similar to this. If we follow this plan, it sh- we should be fine. And no one followed the plan, obviously. And <laughs> it, it, it does even more baffling things where they said that um, uh, Jared Kushner, for example, was put in charge of this, like, task force about hunting down PPE um, because that was a shortage because, surprise, surprise, um, w- there was only one manufacturer in the U.S. that still was making masks because it was not financially viable. So that's why there was a shortage as well, which it dives into that guy. And the guy's like, just break. He just like breaks down on the stand because he's like, I tried to. If they would have told me to make masks, I would have, but no one told me to, and because it wasn't like financially viable. But the Jared Kushner thing is like, he he got this a task force together to hunt down. PPE and talk to like other governments and whatnot. Basically, it was made up of 20 year old volunteers that were in college and they were supposed Mm -hmm. to have government contacts to reach out and make these, you know, purchases and whatnot. But then it goes even further where the they said that the federal government did not supply to the states. The states had to go out and buy their own like uh, uh, ventilators and masks and everything. And they said it was essentially eBay where Florida would put in a bid. Then California would put in a bid, raising that price. Then at the very end, FEMA would come in. The federal government would then put in a price. And they said that it was eBay, and that's what was driving up the price. of. It, basically, it's all this thing where it's financial gain. Um, mm-hmm. It is, again, the word I want to use is baffling. Mm-hmm. for this documentary and how everything has played out thus far. Man. So this this sounds maybe less... I think some of the documentaries we've heard lately have maybe steered more toward uh, like a creative presentation or uh, we saw recently like dramatic retellings. This seems like it might be more straightforward, like here are the facts or do they do anything here to dress it up for you? I think that, again, you know, there's people that are going to be on both sides of the coin. I think that this gives you a lot of facts that you should know or kind of believe in but it does lean more liberal i would say it it it, it's not saying that this virus is fake they dive into it and show how people think that and how then Mm -hmm. they back it up with facts and again there is still a lot of uncertainty around the coronavirus and again this this probably actually no that's what they said they said that right before they finished editing this um documentary that uh trump was diagnosed with covid so that's the very last day that they edited it sure some of the footage probably isn't from that close in time but like 
this is like up to the date information. Wow. That's God. It, it continues to surprise me how quickly they get stuff out. Um, and so it'll be interesting to see how this ages, but, uh, yeah, it sounds like if you're looking for a, uh, if you're looking for a recap of what's gone on COVID wise, <laughs> and you don't mind that it leans one way, uh, this is a good place to get a lot of info. Uh, Jared, did you say where folks can watch this? It is on VOD right now, but on October 20th, I believe it's free on Hulu. So um, I guess wait um, if you're on a budget. Otherwise, I think it's like 5 $6 right now. All right. There you go. Totally Under Control. New documentary about COVID. Check that one out. Uh, coming up soon on Hulu. Seth, let's go to you. Uh, another, no. another another movie in a long list of uh, of films I, I've never heard of before. Um, <laughs> sounds like you caught a sounds like you caught another one on VOD here. Yeah, um, this one's called Spontaneous, um, which uh, stars Catherine Langford from Thirteen Reasons Why uh-huh. and Charlie Plummer, who I I've seen him and stuff, but I couldn't name it. I guess. Um, basically, the, the the story here is uh, and right from the bat. Um, it's actually called Spontaneous and Explosive Love Story. But uh, basically, for right from the bat, um, Catherine Langford's in class, and classmate of hers explodes. <laughs> and just, poof, like, Wait, blood what? everywhere and all that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I thought the same thing. You're making this up. Are you I'm fucking with making, this? <laughs> I'm not making it up. Um, yeah, she just explodes. And Is there any, like, <laughs> a, like a prep? Or is it just like, uh, no. answer the question and then explode? No, but, I mean, if you look at the cover and just, like, you pull up the movie, you'll see that, I mean, that's the premise. Okay, you okay, know? okay. Um, but, yeah, she explodes. Um, and so they quarantine all these kids together in this class, just one class. They quarantine them all together, and uh turns out they all have COVID, and that's what happens to us when we have COVID. No. Um, <laughs> but, no. Uh, so they quarantine them together, and... Um, Charlie Plummer is like, hey, uh, I like you. Some my my friend blew or this person blew up. We could all die tomorrow. We have no idea what's gonna happen. I like you, and so they kind of start dating. All the meanwhile, more people start exploding, <laughs> and so it's this, it's like this love story that's going on while like they don't know if they're gonna explode. So it kind of adds like a weird tension to it, which is actually pretty cool. Um, it's also actually a really funny movie. Like Catherine Langford plays a very like sarcastic and like charming person um and their little love story is, is pretty cute um i i enjoyed this a lot um i, th- I thought it was like kind of tense um but also like funny and they make a lot of jokes um the oh god what's that guy's name um her parents are it's a guy it's it's this guy that like rob hubel yeah, that guy. You like oh, you've seen him in a hilarious. million sitcoms. Yeah, you've seen him in a million sitcoms. Um, but he he plays like him, uh, him, and then the person who plays his uh, wife. Um, they're like they're like really funny and cool. So they kind of got that dynamic. Like nothing in the movie is is it, nothing's too serious, but it, it also like takes place like this is a real thing. Like it never feels like the the situation of them exploding is a joke, but it's a funny movie. It's a comedy still. So it, they take it, they, they play it really serious because they make them quarantine and like try, they're trying to figure out what's going on and come up with cures and all that stuff. So they play this all very serious, 
but at the same time it's a comedy and it's funny and they make light of it and then also it's a a fun love story between these two people who are very compatible and and are also freaking out because they might explode tomorrow so um i i actually really recommend this movie i it's it's probably i mean and it's not it's not tough to do this but it's in my top 10 for the year um there's not been a lot of good stuff so i mean it it's not hard to get on that list right now but um i had a really great time with it um i i enjoyed that movie a lot and plus i love katherine langford she's so charming and and charismatic and i i think this is a movie she definitely carries she's the lead of it and it's all from her perspective and and i think she can continue to do that i think if this was a if this would have come out during theater times i think it would have done pretty well it would have been like one of those surprising like you got to go see that and would mm-hmm. would have gotten a lot of attention and all that stuff this is what a fun surprise uh i i, I googled this and it's got a 98 percent on tomatoes right yeah. now mm-hmm. and that's People why i watch it because yeah that's why i saw the score and i'm like there's no fucking way and i was like yeah it's, it's really good there's a 79% audience. Uh, so yeah, everybody is liking this. Um, gosh, I there's it's funny because they're so upfront with the explosion exploding part, and I think you would need to be because mm-hmm. if if you didn't tell me that that was happening, I wouldn't probably ever watch this. But knowing that that's the setup makes me really want to watch it. <laughs> and so uh, on the when you when you first told me that I was like man I really would love to have not known someone was going to explode but I don't think I would ever watch that movie if I didn't know that so no. uh, this seems interesting enough to me I I this is and all, all everyone in tomatoes is just fucking raving about it too mm-hmm. you're not the only one who's really enjoying this yeah because I th- I think if it would have been a surprise it would have felt like a different movie I think it would have been like a different tone and I think because it's not a surprise like it's the uh, you know a big part of the plot they get creative with how people explode too, like in different costumes or different, like um, maybe in like a, like a, a football uniform, you know, like that type of stuff, like football, like the pads and all. So like they do that type of stuff. Like they try and make when they explode either mean something or look cool or kind of be a joke, you know, like a little bit of, Oh, that's funny. You know, like, so even though it's not funny cause a kid exploded, <laughs> but it, and it doesn't shy away. Like, there's a lot of blood. It, it's a rated R movie. There's a lot of fucks and all that stuff. So it's it's rated R. It's not like a, you know, teen rom-com. Really, it's not really a teen rom-com, even though it kind of is. But, um, yeah. I'd check it out. Wow. You, you have, you've sold this to me. I, I'm going to see if I can seek this out. Uh, and I, I'm always looking for, uh, always looking for some good rom-coms. A uh, little, little date, date night movie. Uh, so the film is Spontaneous. Starring the wonderful Catherine Langford, uh, and this is available on VOD now. So you're going to pay for it, but you can watch it uh, right now if you like. Jared, let's go to you now, and you, I, you get you're going to have to reach way back into your memory. Uh, oh, I know man. this is one you watched. Uh, I know this is one you watched a long, long time ago, and you're finally able to put your review out about it. Yeah. So this movie is called Saint Maud. It is uh, from A24. This was one that I was really looking forward to and also doing an ending explained and whatnot. Um, I'm going to be honest up front. I reviewed this movie four months ago. Um, or I watched this movie four months ago and the, the review was sitting on my computer. So I'm going to be a little uh, a little uh, blurry with the details, I guess. And I don't know where you can even watch this movie right now. I think it might be dropping on VOD sometime soon. Who knows? Stay tuned. Um, but this movie 
follow is this woman, uh, coined Maud, Saint Maud, and she is kind of like an in-home uh, nurse taking care of this woman who is, I believe, dying from cancer. Um, but like in the past, she was like a well-known um, dancer in Europe somewhere. So she's kind of had this lavish lifestyle, you know, kind of a, you know. A million miles per hour, you know, she's been a dancer, but also partying, drugs, alcohol, like friends, all that stuff. But now she's, you know, slowly dying. So this in-home nurse is taking care of her. And you kind of see this dynamic of Maud being the kind of like, we need to go buy the book and God has a way for you and you need to do this and do that. While this other person is very much being resistant and being like, oh no, it's, you know, I'm going to die. I'm going to die. Why not have fun while I'm doing it? So she'll have like people come over and she's having parties and she's not really taking her meds, not really taking care of herself. Um, so that's the setup of the movie, but you find out that this mod character, um, is trying to imprint her essentially like uh, religious beliefs on this woman, but it's kind of to the extreme. And it does a unique job of setting this eerie tone of, is does she have kind of these uh, saint powers, you know, kind of like the will of God, she's able to do certain things, kind of almost heal people? Or is she so delusional down this kind of rabbit hole of, previous things that have happened to her life and skewed it or almost like being this religious fanatic essentially of no this is going to work no matter what and it is chilling the kind of like role that the main character i don't know what her name is off the top of my head but she um it's essentially just it's her and the other woman that's dying that's basically the whole movie of just them playing back and forth and dialogue and these very creepy scenes of I mean it's an A24 movie so you know that they're going to steer into kind of you know that indie feel but very much kind of give uh, creative freedom of like oh god I did not see that coming at all um, I, again I haven't seen it in four months from what I remember I very much enjoyed this movie it is very creepy it's not your jump scary kind of horror movie it's more of like a kind of a psychological thriller almost a little bit of religion dabbled in there as well um it is bonkers at times i will say that there there's things that you're like what the fuck is going on here and it it leads you like the very last second the very last shot is is oof man it ties it all together and whatnot but yeah, there's uh, there's some definitely some gruesome things, some things that come out of nowhere. Like I don't know if you guys remember the trailer, but um, essentially, you know, she's trying to follow the the works or ways of God and punish herself when she does something wrong. So she essentially like walks a day in his quote unquote shoes by putting thumbtacks in her shoes. Um, oh God! That is just basically the tip of the iceberg of what kind of just ugh things you uh, you see in this movie. Jesus. Uh, yeah, yeah this no, is getting, no doubt. Yeah, Jesus is in this. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it is getting critically well-reviewed as well. Uh, it's been released in a couple places in Europe, and folks are liking it. Uh, I did. I just looked at the A24 site, and they don't have any details on where you can watch either. So it sounds like this is still unavailable to those of us in the States. Um, but uh, we will certainly keep you guys up to date. And this is one... So, like, A24 horror movies, I, I'm always... I always want to see them. I'm always intrigued by them. And then I always leave just like, why do I put myself through this? <laughs> and 
And the last time it was Midsummer, which I get like from a critical standpoint, I really like thought it was really well done. But I had I the experience of watching it was awful. Um, <laughs> yeah. And and part of that was because it's fucking two and a half hours long. But St. Maud is quite a bit shorter from the looks of it. It's like under 90 minutes. So mm-hmm. this seems like potentially the perfect blend of like a whole bunch of fucked up shit. But it's not going to ruin my entire day necessarily because of how long it is. So this is I'm going to keep an eye out for this one because it's. Based on what you're saying and what I'm seeing online, uh, a lot of folks are really enjoying this as like a really solid, actually scary and chilling horror thriller, which uh, I'm always in for one of those. Yeah. You know what? Uh, now that you mentioned that like uh, A24 horror films, you're like, why do I put myself through that? The one movie that came to my mind was uh, it, it Comes at Night. That movie. Yeah. Ugh. I was like, come on. That movie. I was, I was a little bit pissed when I left that movie. I was like, what the fuck, man? That was. But anyway, that's neither here nor there. Uh, St. Maud is unavailable now. You can't watch it yet. Uh, but uh, keep an eye out for... Uh, I guess we'll tell you. When yeah, we find yeah. Out I'll, just, I'll let you be like, hey, <laughs> you can finally watch this movie. Yeah, yeah. So keep an ear out for, uh, for St. Maud. Let's go next to a movie that you both saw, actually. Uh, and, and Seth, I'll, I'll start with you maybe to introduce it here. Uh, another one in a long list of, uh, of music-based dramas uh, that I know you've mm-hmm. enjoyed. Yeah, uh, this one's Yellow Rose. Um, has a has a nice nice little theater run going right now. Only in theaters at the moment. Um, basically, the story here is um, the main girl Rose and her mom are living in Texas. Uh, they're undocumented uh, immigrants, so not there legally. And uh, there's some stuff going early on where you see that the the mother is um, going through some legal stuff, and she. Uh, if you see this, the trailer, she gets um, deported uh, back to the Philippines is where they're from. Um, Rose, uh, who's played by, uh, I, I looked up the pronunciation, hopefully I can get it, Eva Noblazada, I think is how it's pronounced, um, poorly anyway. Um, she uh, She's a, a singer. She um, is kind of, she's a really good singer, starting to kind of get good at um, like playing guitar and stuff, writing her own music and, and whatnot. And she um, is trying to work on that, trying to like get seen, and and she's she doesn't like singing singing in front of people, but she's trying to you know her her dream is to be a you know a country music singer. She sings country, again being in Texas. So um, her mom gets deported, and she's kind of just left on her own, and she um, discovers uh, this bar, I think the Broken Spoke is what it's called. Which, uh, I actually, I remember walking by or driving by when we were in Austin. Yeah. Huh. Oh, it's a real fucking, yeah, I was gonna say, I've, I, Broken Spoke is a real bar. Yeah. And mm-hmm. it's, that's where it is, it's Austin. Yep. Yeah, that's where the movie takes place, too. Um, huh. And, uh, that's like a big like an old time like famous country bar and dale watson is a country singer he's i guess he's pretty famous country singer um he's at that bar kind of is like there a lot and and goes and sings there and stuff so um they they meet and kind of start this friendship and she starts singing and and you know you see that story kind of go um i really really like this movie a lot um i think it does i mean i i i'm not a country fan really um i don't i've i've eased off of like hating it to where it's like i'll listen to it but it's not my favorite music but i loved the music in this um eva noblezada zeta 
whatever um she i I can't i'm awful at pronouncing things um (laughs) she uh is really good singer um she's um from like broadway and stuff she's she's done um shows there and and that's kind of like where she's known from and coming into acting she's a she's a really good actress um especially for her first thing on film anyway um i think uh dale watson is pretty good for being a country singer um so i mean he, he does a good job and i really bought into their relationship um i think the immigration story with with everything is probably it's done well and i think it makes a good point it is a little bit almost like there's some like what feels like white savior moments at times um almost mm-hmm. like not quite as not quite as green book as green book but um it does feel a little bit like maybe an easy easier path was kind of crossed than um what most people would expect it's like you know they kind of diced it up for the for the movie a little bit um that being said though i think the point of the movie was at the end of the day to tell a, an inspiring story and not have it be so down you know i don't i don't i don't think there was an agenda to tell like the white savior but i think i think the agenda was to tell like you know this you know this this shit happens but you can rise through it and in fact really the movie kind of ends on that point so i loved this movie i had a great time with it i thought the music was was great um and i 100 recommend this one as well this one is easily in my top 10 as well for the year nice good week for you Jared, what'd you think of Yellow Rose? Um, I I know that Seth, you had you had mentioned a handful of things about this. You know, obviously the white savior thing. Yeah, I it, it's apparent. Um, but I think that it's kind of almost playing into the fact of like you know just be a good person and help people as well. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. I I think I was a little bit lower than yourself just because I really like movies with catchy music, and this definitely toes the line of half of its immigration and you know going through a struggle and whatnot while the other is also kind of following your dreams and i wish that we would have gotten a little bit more music i mean the thing is when there is music when you hear a song and it puts it's, it makes your hair stand on end or that mm-hmm. chill there's mm-hmm. a handful of songs where she starts singing and i was like oh god she is really good at singing so yeah. um I, I, I'm right there with him, uh, Seth, you, um, about this movie. I think I was just a little bit down on it. Um, again, nothing that's going to ruin the movie. It's just, it di- it wasn't what I expected, but I liked what I got. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, the I, I told Jared when I texted him to tell him to go to it. Um, and uh, in my text, I said the the uh, final scene, the final shot of the movie gave me chills. Mm-hmm. And the, the, last, the last, like, I don't know, 10 minutes of the movie, I was... I was so in. I had, I had a little bit of a wet face going. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. Well, if it gets Seth moist, then it's gonna be a fucking. <laughs> it's gonna be a wet neck for Co. If I ever see this one, wow. <laughs> uh, Yellow Rose is uh, having a theater run right now. So if you're in a town where your only theater option isn't a Regal, uh, you can go out and see this one now. Uh, I sense a little bitterness up. in that. Oh, only a little. Let me let me turn <laughs> it up a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Yellow Rose available now. Go check it out. Getting a thumbs up from both Jared and Seth. Uh, Jared, we got to stick with you for two more movies here. So take a drink of water. Two more? What the hell did I watch this week? (laughs) (laughs) I don't Uh, even know. This this next one, I have no idea what this is about. I don't recognize the title, but it it sounds like... Neither does Jared, apparently. (laughs) 
it sounds like it might be about uh, my old apartment from college. Oh, Am okay, right? okay, okay, okay. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So this uh, this movie from IFC, again, a shout out to them. They always uh, seem to come through with the early string- streamers. Ugh, screeners. Oh, my gosh. I'm losing it, people. Um, this one is called Shit House. And from the title, I was like, okay, this is this is interesting. What What's this movie going to be about? And I thought it was going to be like this, you know, uh, essentially like either you're saying like a, an apartment, college apartment, you know, everyone going crazy, a shithouse in a sense. And it is almost a slice of life, almost a little bit coming of age story following this um, kid. He is a freshman in college very first or I think it's the beginning of the second semester and he is having a tough time getting into college essentially like his roommate is kind of rude towards him they don't really connect he doesn't really have any friends he talks to his parents a lot on the phone and just kind of wants to go like basically he is hating college um but anyways he kind of tries to go out of his comfort zone um goes to a party with his friend, you know, it doesn't really, he's just kind of there, he's standing against the wall drinking, but through a night of events, he kind of um, runs into his RA on his floor, who is a sophomore girl, and it's one of those things of, they stay up all night, learning about one another, they kind of connect of like saying, oh, you know, like I've had this troubled past, but uh, I'm glad that you can like look past it. And he's like, I fucking hate this place. And she's like, just give it one more day, one more semester, blah, blah, blah. And I think that that's where I kind of connected where it's like the first year of college for myself was terrifying. I, I very much related to this main character who is the lead. He is the writer and the director of the film. So props to him for uh, doing all of that stuff. Um, I think Cooper Safe, I believe I'd have to look it up. Um, but I think that it was a very kind of relatable story of just staying up all night drinking and learning about someone and kind of what makes them tick and whatnot and it's this interesting look of like them going through the night of a college student essentially like okay we're gonna just kind of sit here or talk and then learn a little about about each other okay let's go on a walk and then they meet more people and it's like you know going to party to party and whatnot but also like i said that that slice of life is yeah it's like a few days in their life of college but then the coming of age is kind of as they both learn who they are and kind of get used to um or fall into more of that college like opening up becoming like the guy um one of the bonding moments essentially which i'm sure you know maybe people in college could could relate to of like hey let's go get a drink um this one is like hey let oh you want to get high with me and then they both get high and he's like oh man you're a really cool guy but the thing is he had never the roommate had never really given him a chance so it's kind of like people from a different world coming together college all that stuff and and starting the next chapter in your life almost um it definitely looks at like the 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 depressing part of moving away into a new lifestyle that you're maybe not used to and it might be tough to adapt but if you let those walls down almost like the yes and you know improv like just go with the flow that's what Mm -hmm. it kind of teaches you here of like just let your guard down for a little bit and things will come your way essentially um I was kind of middle of the road. I think that this movie, um, after it's after I watched it and it sat with me a little bit more, I think I'm a little bit higher on it. But it's definitely, yeah, kind of like a, a slower-paced slice of life. There's definitely awkward conversations and scenes because 
it's trying to caps like encompass that hey i don't know you you don't know me we're just drinking we're meeting for the first time and we're just going with the flow for an evening um which i think that it plays into it but it also comes off as that kind of awkward um i mean we've all been there i'm sure like you meet someone and then you're like "Uh, i don't know about this especially in college yeah just like and that's why i think i'm i'm potentially drawn to this because I can specifically remember at ISU being having that experience of like, I'm just wandering around looking for shit to do or sitting at home and, you know, here's a knock at the door or here's a person I run into. And it's like, hey, are you a person I could be friends with? Let's let's find out by hanging out for a little bit of time. Like that whole experience <laughs> is like so unique to, to college um, that... I think it's one of those times, like we always talk about this, the summer between high school and college is a great time to set a movie. And I think this is maybe a, a time that doesn't get explored as often, but is equally as like specifically nostalgic. So this sounds like something I'd be interested in for sure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It even does like little things where it's like, oh, what, wh- who's having the party tonight? And you know, the first night is shit house, but then they're like, oh, the basketball house. And then it's like, hey, you got to bring chicks. You know, it's only, it's like two chicks to one guy in there. It like, it, it's things that reminded me of college of like oh we're going to this party and it's like well who do you know here and they just make up names and stuff yep yeah that (laughs) shit always annoyed me man uh let's see shit house so this uh this you you would have seen this potentially at south by that was supposed to Uh, yeah yeah yeah. unfortunately i did see that in the trailer but this one comes out this friday on vod vod coming out this friday where's my that's not it. It's <laughs> coming right for us. That's it. Uh, that just happened. Do you remember this one? We don't. We don't really use this. That just happened. That just happened. Did we win? That's that's from. Was that movie. from the the sports show? <laughs> yeah, it was from the sports okay, show. Okay, because that's when, when we uh, would that, recap football games. Okay, that's one that I think I had heard once, and I was like, "What the fuck is that?" That's <laughs> yeah, that's one. a funky one. Yeah, we don't use that one very much, but this one we do. It's coming right for us! So check out uh, <laughs> Shit House coming out soon uh, this weekend from IFC, getting the thumbs up from good old JB. And Jared, we got one more. This one, uh, highly anticipated drama, stacked cast, already on Seth and I's watch list, uh, but let us know what you thought of it. Yeah, so uh, Netflix again, back at it. This one comes out this Friday, and it is uh, The Trial of the Chicago 7, I believe. Um, Yeah, there we go. Mm -hmm. Um, This movie tackles um, the, obviously, trial of the Chicago 7 from uh, 19, I think it's 1969. It happened, like, the uh, protests and everything happened in 1968, but then, obviously, the trial and everything really played out. Um, Essentially, the setup is all of these different groups of people... um, there's kind of like the young people that want to be in the politics. There's kind of the hippies. There's the Black Panthers. And then there's another group of people. And they all are going to Chicago at this time because the Democratic National Convention is happening. And they want to protest it because of the uh, Vietnam War and people are dying and everything like that. So that's kind of the setup of it. And if you are aware of history, you know how... Um, the protests and everything uh, play out and the trial and everything like that. But this is coming from, I don't know if he directed it. I know that he wrote it, Aaron Sorkin. So, I mean, The Social Network, a bunch of other films, The West Wing and whatnot. So this is very much kind of courtroom-based and it is very quick 
punchy and it does a great job of really weaving you through this story even though it's true life events it's still very interesting because there's certain things that aren't revealed there's certain things that come up that are kind of like throwing a whole wrinkle into how um a trial plays out essentially and also how inexperienced and you know they even do like it, it's very almost reminiscent of what's going on today where it's the the chicago police are doing these very sketchy things that obviously what 40 50 years later police are still doing these very sketchy things again i'm not saying all police are bad but they showcase that there's a lot of cover-up when it comes to government and whatnot and trying to pass the blame on these people that kind of have these radical thoughts um the cast is wonderful um again each of them like i said they're coming from these different backgrounds where eddie redman is kind of like the buttoned up you know um, i want to be a politician in the future um jeremy strong and sasha baron cohen which he's one he's great in this they are kind of like the hippies and like very like liberal like hey peace and love man and it's they there's very well played very subtle and well-placed humor throughout this where sure being in a courtroom is going to be very boring but those two uh dudes the like the hippie dudes bring a lot of comedy into it where it might be a little jarring for some people who are looking for more of a serious story but i think that that they they pump in just enough that makes you kind of like smile and have fun but also keeps you in that serious mindset of this movie essentially like um I, like, I watched this, I think I finished it about an hour before we are recording this, so uh, my thoughts aren't, of, I'm, they're a little sporadic right now, but yeah, I love this movie, the performances, Joseph Gordon-Levitt as well, um, it, it is, it is uh, a probably, I would say, a must-see on Netflix this year. Oh, man. I, I can't wait to get my hands on this. Uh, he, honestly, they had me at Sorkin. Uh, mm-hmm. He does direct this. Okay. Uh, it's his it's his second, uh, as far as I'm aware of, his second directorial tilt, and the first was um, Molly's Game, which I loved. I've yes. seen that a few yep. times. So between Sorkin and the cast, like, honestly, I'm in. And to hear that you had a good experience with it is, is great, that it, it's not a disappointment. So um, very, very excited to catch this one on Netflix. And this is coming up this weekend? Yeah, it comes out this Friday. Um, and then another one, one last thing, Mark Rylance, really, really good in this. He's kind of like the main... Um, like prosecutor for uh all of the the people you know the chicago seven or whatever or defendant rather um he is he is just like everyone is hitting hard in performances in this one nice uh rylance uh did he did he win an oscar for uh bridge of spies a handful of years ago is that because he's, he's one of those actors i don't i i don't think i could point him out but I always remember his name, and I always think it's from that. So I know he at least got nominated. Uh, so he's he's obviously got so, some jobs, as is his whole fucking cast. So basically, um, we could go walk down the street somewhere, and I I could go, hey, look, it's Mark Rylance, and you'd be like, oh yeah, cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think yeah, I pretty much good. I think he. Uh, it looks like he won uh, Academy Award Best Actor in Supporting Bridge of Spies. Yep. There's my little uh, trivia victory for the day. Oh, I pulled up. So I remember him. He was also in uh, Dunkirk, I believe. Megamind. He's, he's the boat guy. Was he in Megamind? <laughs> oh, he, he was uh, Ready Player One Man. Yeah. Oh, that's Mark Ryan. Yeah. Okay, now I'm going to remember who I Mark I just said Ryan yeah, because I don't know. Yeah. He's uh, Halliday. Yep, in, yep. In, uh, in, uh, uh, gotcha. In Ready Player One, so... 
Well, there oh, you go, go yeah. guys. Uh, the Trial of the of the Chicago Seven, uh, coming out highly anticipated for some of us out there, and and sounds like it's living up to the billing. So, uh, check this one out on Netflix this weekend. So a lot of reviews here. Uh, for the most part, all recommendations. Uh, yeah, looks like everything was good here. Hubie Halloween. Uh, totally under control, spontaneous, Saint Maud, Yellow Rose, Shit House, and the Trial of the Chicago Seven all getting the thumbs up this week in reviews. Mom, what do you think? I love it. I hated it. Alrighty, well we are just about done with this week's episode, but before we go, got to give you one more thing. But I'm down to one more, t- one more thing. So this past week, uh, Google released uh, a brand new Chromecast. Uh, and so it's, it's Google Chromecast with Google TV is, is how it's, uh, how it's titled. And this is essentially, it's, it's a brand new Chromecast that is basically like a Roku. So, um, it's maybe more like your Roku or your Amazon fire stick than your traditional Chromecast has been in that it has a standalone remote and it has a, a home app. So instead of the old Chromecast where you had to pull up your Netflix and shoot it to the TV, you can pull up. (laughs) You can turn on your Chromecast and use your remote to open up Netflix or to open up whatever it is you want to open up and watch things from there. So it's kind of that home base, similar to your Apple TV, if you've got one of those. Um, and I have really enjoyed it. It's uh, I, I'm, I'm already uh, trying to just limit the amount of time I'm spending on my cell phone. And this helps because I'm not having to pull my phone out to go to the next episode or switch shows or whatever. Um, it also is a great, the app itself is a great home base for all the different apps and, and different shows that you want to watch that are on different apps. It also gives you the ability to have a single watch list for all your shit, no matter where it is. So instead of having a list on Netflix and a list on Amazon, you can have just one and then you can click on the show you want and it knows what app to pull it up in and it'll go straight there for you. That functionality has been working awesome. It also pairs with the, the Google TV app, which does the same thing. So even if you're not going to get the Chromecast, I would highly recommend the Google TV app. Um, but uh, big recommends for both of these. If you've never had a Chromecast before or if you have had and liked one before, highly, highly recommend the brand new one. Uh, I know Seth picked one up and you've also had mm-hmm. a pretty good experience with it. I, I can't say enough. Mm-hmm. This is as as highly as I've recommended any piece of tech or or toys on the show. This is right up there for, for people like us who are trying to watch movies from all different services and things. This is a must grab uh, if you don't already have something like it. And if you have an, uh, a fancy TV, it runs everything in HDR. And if you're yes. a TV nerd, um, that means it runs brighter and also darker with the blacks and it looks better and it like kind of basically is like a little bit of an enhancer mm-hmm. um speaking of tvs i very closely <laughs> almost bought an 8k 8k tv today with my oh, best Jesus. buy card <laughs> <laughs> they, they, have, they have black friday sales going on right now and uh yeah i really i almost did it i wanted to uh, <laughs> only be only be 85 dollars a month with my best buy card hell yeah there you go man the Google TV app um, is also a place where you can have movies that you've purchased. So like if if there's a yeah. movie that you want to buy, I would highly recommend buying it in that app because it's it's right there. Like I have one app for all my TV and all my movies now. And it's so nice. I got to delete a bunch of shit out of my cell phone um, because I have this now. And it, so it's whether you get both or just the app or, or just the the the. Uh, the stick and the remote uh, can't recommend it enough. Great, great place to house everything. All right, that's that's my can, Google commercial. 
and you can cast still cast to it like a normal Chromecast too. So if you mm-hmm. have people over or don't lost your remote or something like that, um, which the remote itself is really dope because it's like uni- it's like this tiny ass remote. It's universal, like sets it all up for you basically. It's really mm-hmm. cool. Um, but yeah, if you don't, if you lose your remote or whatever, boom, you can cast it still up there and it still runs in HDR. Nice, which makes me happy. All right, my one more thing is going to be um, in the next coming months, uh, Spider-Man PS4 or I guess PS3 or not 3, uh, 5 is kind of being more kind of like re-released or whatever, but it's going to be um, Miles Morales. They're adding in like, you know, uh, kind of a added story and updated graphics and everything like that. But the last couple days they've been releasing kind of looks at some of the new costumes that Miles Morales is going to get. And I am very excited to replay this whole game plus some more side story and whatnot i'm curious i'm sure both of you guys are going to jump back into this um if i get a ps5 yeah yeah, you gotta get you got you both of you guys got to secure those ps5s out there we're gonna go hunting for them um but one of the outfits i think is like uh i think it was like 2020 or something it very much like looks like daft punk and it's it's really cool looking but i was sitting here and i just noticed this new one it's Miles Morales with like uh, jeans or no, no, I think shorts and a backpack and a sweater. But in the backpack is a spider cat and he helps you in finishing what? moves. It's a little like uh, orange what? cat that has a spider like mask on and he hangs out in your backpack when you're swinging around. Spider yeah. cat. That is fucking hilarious. It is so cool looking. Because your backpack is kind of open, and the cat's just hanging out in your backpack with a little mask on. Wow. Spider cat. They've done such a good job with those games, man. Like, I probably am going to go back and, like, New Game Plus and play the whole thing again. Mm-hmm. Like, it's it's just such a fun one. Super, super cranked for the Miles Morales uh, and new stuff, too. You, you know what's great about Spider Cat, too, is, like, even if he does fall out of the backpack, still land on exactly. his feet. So. Aha! There he is. Where's my fucking... Here. There you go. Oh, Spider mommy. <laughs> that was weird. Boys. <laughs> what do you got, Seth? Um, I'm going to go on the other item that we've both purchased uh, over the last couple weeks or over the last week and have secured. Uh, the Oculus Quest 2 uh, released uh, yesterday when we're recording this on Tuesday. Um, much improved in many areas to the first one. Um it's super light compared to the other one. Like, there's a noticeable difference when you hold in each hand. Um, it's smaller, too, so it fits on your head better, blocks out light better. The headset um, that you put on your head is, like, more of a stretchy um, material as opposed to, like, the hard rubber stuff they had before. Um, much more comfortable on the head. Um, the controllers are a little bigger and sturdier, which is nice uh, for the most part. Um, and then the graphics are, I, there's a noticeable jump in graphics. Um, it's a lot smoother, really, than anything else. Like, in certain games on the original one, it was kind of, you could see, like, lines through stuff. You could kind of see through stuff mm-hmm. or just looked a little rough. And um, overall, like, the color was just a little, almost, like, like bland in some, some cases. Um, whereas this, they, it's just smoother. You don't see a lot of the cracks and stuff. Um, there's a little bit more detail on stuff. Um, the colors are like the the colors in it are a little brighter and the the darks a little darker and um, it's a overall big improvement um, in my eyes just overall um, 
I, you know, it's still going to be a long time before stuff looks real, <laughs> you know, in VR or vi- video games in general. So I think for, in terms of just where they can go with graphics, I think this is a good step of making it just look smoother. So it's more of a immersive experience where you don't notice as much of like the, um, you know, like stuff that, that maybe goes wrong or glitches or they didn't fill in because even it, even though you, you know it's not real, it's the more the less stuff you can notice. That's like, oh, this is clearly a video game. The more real it does feel. Mm-hmm. Um, I was playing um, this mini golf game I got recently, and I noticed like this one was again just looked a little brighter, and there wasn't any like the cracks and stuff like that. It looked at least function like like a functional mini golf course, um, and I was in it. You know, I was I was like, it, it feels like I'm playing so. Um, yeah, it's it's uh, it's really cool, and it's cheaper than the original. Um, Three hundred to start off instead of four hundred, so um, that that's also a positive, big improvement, and a little cheaper. Um, maybe maybe a, a, a holiday item for some people this year. Um, treat yourself to a little VR this Christmas. There you go, sweet I, I Christmas. I would echo that. Uh, everything you said is, is accurate, and and if if you've been waiting to get into the VR game, this is a good entry point uh, because. Mm-hmm. The, the Quest platform is is where Oculus is really steering all of its energy right now. So you know mm-hmm. that the support is going to be there for a long time. And this is just an excellent fucking product. Like, not only is it an improvement over Oculus and the Quest that we've had before, but every other headset I've worn is not quite this comfortable, not quite this light, and doesn't quite have this amount of smoothness and clarity of picture. So, like, if you've mm-hmm. been waiting for, for the right thing for VR, this is fucking it. Grab it. Uh, and at two ninety nine, it's affordable enough. Um, so big, big recommends. I, I would echo uh, on on the quest too. My, so my only co- my only complaint is that the original came with a power cord that basically I could charge yeah. my phone from the other side of the house, which was awesome. It's fucking so long. Um, whereas this one came with like a like maybe a foot and a half cord, which is kind of a bummer. But they did move where like the plug in is, so I kind of get that. But that cord. That's fucking awesome. I'm I'm gonna keep that for as long as I can. It's it's the best power cord I've ever had. Yeah, the long cord is is the bee's knees. The short cord. I, I was pissed when I first saw. I I forgot to text you about it, but I was like, "What the fuck cord is this? I want the eight foot cord I had with the other one." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh man. Uh, so get out there, grab yourself an Oculus Quest Two. Check out the Spider Cat in the upcoming Miles Morales <laughs> expansion, and uh, grab yourself a Google TV this week. And one more thing. But I'm down to one more. That's going to do it for episode 165 of the SoCo Show. Uh, Big fun, as always. Want to give a shout out to our sponsors. Make sure you check out their links in the description box and and go check out their services and products if you can. Uh, Shouts out to all of our anchor wankers. Really appreciate you guys contributing to support the show. Uh, and, and if you're not a wanker, thanks for clicking in today. You, you've, you've made a, made a difference to us and helped us, uh, improve upon the show just by clicking this episode. So we appreciate you spending the time with us. Uh, also appreciate Jay Buck spending time with us this week. Uh, Jared, I know a lot of folks are, are, uh, making their way over to the Jay Buck Studios channel. Uh, what can, what can those folks expect this coming week? Um, butt stuff. who knows? Uh, yeah, some butt stuff. New series, uh, <laughs> Friday's butt stuff. Um, I, I think my full review on the Chicago 7, uh, the trial of the Chicago 7, and then, um, I'm not entirely sure. Uh, yeah, what's in the box? There you go. What's, what's in what's the in- box? Tuesday night, J-Buck Live. Make sure you guys come and, uh, figure out what's in the box. Uh, also, don't forget to come by the J-Buck Studios YouTube channel for our SoCo Show Live coming up on October 28th. 
8 p.m. Central Time. Make sure you guys join us there. I uh, can't wait to have some fun and, and have you guys there live in the comments. Um, really excited for that show coming up in just under two weeks now. So, mm-hmm. uh, Links to trailers for all the movies and all of our sponsors and all the other stuff are in the description box. So make sure you check that one out. Uh, and yeah, I guess that's going to wrap us up for the week. Uh, for the bro host, Jared Buckendall, and for the so host, Seth Ott, I've been the co-host, Cody Michael, and we will see you next week. Bye.